0: It's very hard to feel safe and secure, but I am not gonna go away. I mean, I'm not gonna be silenced because these are important issues, and we need to expose what's really going on behind the mandatory vaccination bills. It has nothing to do with public health. It has everything to do with profit. And I hope that we can all continue this fight it's a long, we may have lost the battle, but we still have a war to win. And hopefully by documenting this intimidation, they won't be able to get away with it um, in the future with me and with anyone else who speaks out. There is some evil going on here. need to fight it.
1: Ross Ulbricht is serving a double life sentence without parole for all nonviolent charges for creating a website. Please help free this peaceful man. Go to freeross.org and sign and share the petition.
2: Today we have a show for you that we wish we didn't have to do. And actually most of the shows that we do, I wish we didn't have to do. I wish the world could just know everything that I know and we know and that we didn't have to be in this pandemic right now. But today we are joined by Tina Marie Tina was the best friend of Brandy Vaughn, and Tina actually arranged an interview between myself and Brandy that probably would have happened last week, except it didn't happen because Brandy, a perfectly healthy woman in her mid-40s, was found dead. Now it struck me as odd right off the bat was people within the anti-vaccine movement immediately swooped in and were having articles being released that were talking about how Brandy died of natural causes. And sort of wanted to sweep this under the rug and steer attention to either their own organizations. And you know, it's during these times, uh, you know, the worst of times, that tr- people's true character comes out. And there is so much i wish i could get into with today because you really are an amazing woman and so many different levels but with that said you guys are going to see the link on the screen you're also going to see the link behind me where you can donate there was a gofundme that got taken down that had i think a little over sixty thousand dollars we're going to have tina get into that but this is a gogetfunding.com but the link is bit.ly forward slash learn the risk all over case and that will bring you right there. So please make sure if, if any of this strikes home to you that you can please help out whatever way that you possibly can. Now, uh, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, it seems like new, I mean, really, I mean, I guess I wanna start off by you know thanking you for doing this. I know that, you know, obviously Brandy was a big influence in the movement and not a lot of people, uh, you know, really have known really what's going on or know her as well as you did. And can you maybe start off by saying, and letting us know exactly who Brandy was, how she became uh, you know whistleblower, how she be how she started to learn the risk, and then maybe get into um, you know any other details that you want to get into.
1: Uh, so Brandy used to work for Merck when they were selling Biox, and it was killing thousands of people. And Brandy, um, she she said behind the scenes, they were telling them they were basically pulling in the sales reps and telling them how to keep sales going, even though they knew thousands of people were dying from the drug. And that's when her eyes opened up to what the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical industry is all about and got out of that industry. Then she ended up pregnant later on down the road, she ends up pregnant and um, she was in Europe at the time. And when she had the baby, she asked the midwife, well, what about vaccines? And the midwife said, what about him it's perfectly healthy you know he doesn't i don't think he needs anything and so she she he was fine living in europe no big deal nobody pressed her for vaccines but then she moved to back to the states at some point and when she went to the doctors they started to press her for getting vaccines and getting them caught up and she asked the doctors well let me see the vaccine insert and the doctor had a fit and you know got angry about it and she she basically told them look i used to you know i used to be a sales rep for the pharmaceutical industry i know how this works and i will be researching this myself so she researched and realized how dangerous vaccines are and didn't ever vaccinate him he's very healthy boy um and you know life went on for a while and then in 2015 well probably 2014 um they started to push for us to lose our exemptions in California, and Brandy went to one of the first, I think it was called Trace Amounts, one of the movies that was coming out in Sacramento. I was there as well, but I didn't know her yet then. I didn't know of her online, but I hadn't met her yet. And she, from being at that, it sparked her into knowing that she needed to Jump into this and really step out and um, educate people. Uh, she always knew that just chasing, you know, politicians and begging them for our rights isn't going to work unless people really understand the dangers of vaccines. People won't fight for their rights unless they understand what the, you know, repercussions are. And so she um, jumped into, you know, creating
2: Learn the Risk. And when was the last time you had? seen Brandy, I mean it was over Thanksgiving weekend right?
1: Yeah she had called about a week or so before and asked what we were doing and I said we were home because we we're waiting for a little one on the way <laughs> we wouldn't be going anywhere and um, she said that she was going to rent an RV because it was now, You weren't th-
2: waiting for a little one. I
1: personally was not <laughs> no um, she was going to rent an RV and it was her son's dream to go have an, an RV trip basically, so she was going to come visit us and they arrived Thanksgiving evening and we all had Thanksgiving together and we were playing games until at least probably 1-1.30 in the morning. Um, she many times kept saying that this is what she wanted for her son. She always wanted to have more kids but you know life didn't deal that out for her and but she always wished he would have had siblings and she liked him to be around families and so she was having a great time, we had a lot of laughs, Um, she ate normal, everything was fine, we had a great visit, she was there for two nights so we were together for three days um, and it was just a normal visit.
2: Did she mention anything about stomach issues or any pain or I mean this was about a week and a half before right or probably it was
1: nine days before she passed yeah um no she everything was absolutely normal I, not any indication of pain um, they left my house and continued on to the crater in northern Arizona and then uh, he she took them to the Grand Canyon And then they went, I think she was, I'm not sure if she ended up doing it or not, but she was gonna even spend, like she was gonna contact the RV company and see about having it for an extra night because they were having so much fun. So zero, she was not at all talking about any pain. I I had no idea there was anything going on.
2: And what about her naturopath or her doctor? Did they mention anything about any sort of uh, pain that she was in or anything that she had? Told them.
1: Yeah, there is a naturopath that reached out to us and has said that she saw her about four weeks before and there was no um, complaints of any issues and I think it's that naturopath that also knows who she had seen a year before because it was in the records and someone reached out to that one as well and that was a year before and that one as well said there was no history of
2: a gallbladder issue. Now, was there any history of, you know, obviously when it comes to big-time whistleblowers, there's always threats and intimidations. Can you kind of get into maybe some of the threats and intimidation that Brandy had experienced? So
1: back when we, it was, um, we were fighting, I call it BS-277, it's, it's SB-277 in California. Um, she online, it was probably around May or June, she started to speak out about the controlled opposition within the freedom, the medical freedom movement. and she really was getting attacked online and i i just was thinking you know someone there's no reason why someone would be putting this information out there unless it's true because there's no good that would come out of what she was doing and everything she said made a lot of sense to me and so and i was really paying attention to the movement as well because they would always this say this is
2: 2014 or was this this is
1: like 2015 and so I was always paying attention to the moving parts of the movement as well because it didn't make sense to me. They would try to tell us, oh, don't talk about, you know, it being poison or toxic. Just say that you want your, you want your choice. Just keep focusing on choice. And I thought, no, like if you know it's dangerous, and it could kill a baby. Or spread out your poison. Yeah, or spread out the poison. That wasn't good enough for me. And I didn't, I felt like a watered message, a watered down message was dangerous. It's not honest. And so that's how Brandy would speak. And when she was speaking out, I really, I um, resonated with what she was saying. And then at one point um, they they were having rallies all over and nobody was saying they would do a rally in our area. So a good friend of mine, her name's Tessa, she convinced me that we would take on doing a, a rally at the Golden Gate Bridge. And so her and I started, and we had not done a rally before. So we started planning for that and then Brandy reached out to me and asked if she could help if she could sponsor it and help us find speakers and you know and I was like I would love the help because I haven't done this before and you know I was happy to have her lead the way so that is when we first met which was in July 2015 Um, and she had arranged for Tony Bark to come out and speak at that event and a few other speakers and her and I were pretty much inseparable from that point on.
2: And in terms of uh, different dangers that she had faced uh, in terms of like her home okay, being broken yeah. into? So
1: when she was calling out controlled opposition and really starting to jump into the, um, you know, speaking truth about vaccines and about what was going on internally with the movement, she started having um, a lot of intimidation things happening. Uh, they, someone broke into her house, she did a video, it can be found online, um, she did a video that basically showed how they had broken and no, nothing was taken, but it was almost like a, just kind of like a warning to her. So they took her um, her laptop, which had been sitting on top of the microwave, and they just set it in the middle of the floor in her kitchen. And, they and this was hidden windows. away, so it wasn't yeah.
2: just a normal microwave. It was a microwave that was underneath, underneath something else. And
1: So they just did things to like show. They put a bench in front of one of the windows. Um, that the only window that had blinds open as if like a sign of we're watching you. Um, and I think it is, it happened a couple of times. Her keys. Her keys. And then she would always say she felt like, um, she felt like a sitting duck, you know, just waiting for something to happen. And she said this
2: in several different speeches too. Yeah.
1: And then they ended up leaving this big duck statue in her backyard on a table. Um, so after that happened, she ended up renting her house out for a while and moved out. She never slept there again after that happened. Um, and then she eventually sold the house and moved to Europe because she didn't feel safe here. Uh, she has family in Europe, so she wanted to be closer to them. Um, it's actually her, her son's, um, from her son's side. Uh, and she, but she didn't live in France because, um. They have vaccine laws there that are quite strict. They don't have as many vaccines, but they're still very strict about the vaccines. And she didn't want to be living somewhere that was going to try to force them on her son.
2: Just today, France announced that if you didn't get vaccinated, if you aren't willing to get vaccinated, that you lose the ability to to use public transportation. Right. Yeah, they're
1: they're very strict there. So that um, made her too nervous. So she ended up moving to Barcelona, Spain. And while she was there, I think she enjoyed it at first but her son did not acclimate well because, you know, English is his first language, he does speak three languages but he, he wasn't as strong with his Spanish and um, I think he just, he just didn't feel as confident there and she, he just wasn't enjoying life as much, they, they, he really missed being in the States and she was missing being in the States, she's loved California, loved Santa Barbara. Um, So she moved ended up moving back with him after a couple years and losing my train of thought as to how long she was there now Um, And then she first moved up to Sausalito She still didn't want to go back to Santa Barbara, but Santa Barbara is really where she loved so she moved up to Sausalito Wasn't liking it there then ended up moving somewhere else and then eventually ends up back in Santa Barbara Which is where the break-ins had happened Um, and she just moved back there I think in March of 2020
2: And I guess what is odd that she had, you know, multiple break-ins at her house, multiple threats and intimidation. She had, and you can kind of get into maybe the warning that she had, I think it was December 1st, 2019, on her Facebook page.
1: A friend, a good friend of hers had um, encouraged her to um, put out, basically lay out, um, if she were to pass an early and untimely death, that she wasn't suicidal, she has no health issues, and basically a list of what she wanted if she were to pass away. Um, early, she wanted a full investigation. She was very clear with her directions of what um, what she wanted for her son and for, you know, she wanted a full investigation because she knew that it would be, they would try to sweep it under the rug. So after she passed.
2: And there was articles that were out before. you pretty much already knew before you knew that that it was you know, gallbladder and sort of
1: so yeah like I she passed the day before I found out and the m- day the morning when I woke up and like finally turned on my phone I kept I was getting all these messages and that's how I found out because multiple messages were saying oh my god did you hear about brandy is it true like there' was enough indications something big had happened and I pretty much my gut knew right away um, and then I was given a phone number to someone in the movement that had information. And I called them and they got me the number for the social worker, which I left a message for the social worker. Actually, and to backtrack, before Brandy left on the day she was leaving, she asked me, and she asked me this all the time, if anything happens to me.
2: Witnesses too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Other people of her sake. She would say it for her at events as well. Um, she said, if anything happens to me, will you raise that? And I said, of course, yeah, I tell you that all the time. And she said, well, that she needed to get it on paper. So I don't know if, if she ended up doing that. Nobody's found the will yet. Um, but she had always said she wanted him to be with me. So I immediately call the social worker. The social worker doesn't call me back. I hear that she and that her son ended up with a friend in the area. And I kind of vaguely remember her mentioning this friend in the past—not on the last trip, but in the past—and it's someone that wasn't really supportive. Well, I shouldn't say supportive, but wasn't really into what we are fighting not an for. Activist. Wasn't, yeah, wasn't an activist. Wasn't really like behind what the, you know the importance of what we're doing. Um, and so she said temporarily that that person would be, you know, safe for her son, but that she wanted him to end up with me. Um, And so then these people that were starting to get a hold of me through the movement, then they were, when they saw I started a GoFundMe, they were reaching out to me and saying, oh, that GoFundMe money, that's going all to the woman that has her son, right? And I was like, and at this point, it was like, I think at $20,000. And I was like...
2: It was like 24 hours into yeah
1: into this. and i was and yeah like so everything was happening fast like they were people were at me immediately and they were trying to get me into the a zoom call on day one actually of me finding out which was you know the day after they were trying to get me onto a zoom call and i i wouldn't do it i was a mess i was crying all day and like just couldn't even think straight and i was getting so many messages coming in and i wouldn't do the zoom call plus i was getting really uncomfortable because they, brandy was a very private person and they were I just didn't understand why these numbers were like it was group messages of people that weren't already in my phone so they weren't people that would have been close to brandy and they were discussing her personal affairs and they wanted me in the zoom call so i the next day agreed to do it and then they in the zoom call tried to um they tried to forced my hand into, okay, well, a lot of people thought that the GoFundMe was just for her son. So you need to, if they, we're gonna set up an email and if they write in and say that their money was just for her son, then you need to like move that over.
2: And even Brandy's wishes were for you to have her son. Yeah,
1: well that and like, for my, Go, the GoFundMe was all encompassing. Like, of course her son was number one. I set it
2: on there. It's for the investigation. Everything. For, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And she has there, you know, she has other she has had insurance set up for him. Like he I know he's taken care of once that paperwork's found. He is taken care of. I know that for sure. Okay. So we have
2: so we have anybody listening from like big insurance companies like, you know, nationwide or prudential or banner or any of these huge companies that are out there and if Brandy Vaughn happens to be your client, can you please reach out to either either Tina Marie or basically, you know, anybody close to the case, you know, preferably Tina, because we need to make sure that we get this. And this also is, you know, an important lesson to make sure that you have your affairs situated and that, you know, someone knows where to access, you know, who would access your money and, and in what event, because you could have it all lined up where it goes to the right person, but if that person doesn't know where the documents are, or what company has it, then we're sort of in this limbo. And and now, isn't some of her documents with uh, sort of one of her whatever, neighbors that's just like a, um, so he's an estate planning lawyer, but it wasn't her state, estate planning lawyer. And so now he somehow has the documents. So just because I'm a financial advisor, I can't just go, Oh, well, I'm going to go take over your fidelity account because I'm a financial advisor and you die. I mean, there's really yeah. not saying that he's doing anything wrong necessarily, but, uh, you know, how does somebody just happen to who has the authority to just give somebody else someone's documents from what allegedly from what I understand. right? My
1: fear is that these people that clung into me immediately trying to control the GoFundMe and ended up ultimately getting it taken down um, at $60,000, it just all got wiped away. And so people are still needing to um, ask for their own refund back. They're not, it's not point,
2: Everyone should basically never use GoFundMe again. I knew better too. I
1: was just, I was tired when I did that. Um, So I think that the same people that were clinging on to me and trying to manipulate me to do things, but I, you know, even though I was tired, I was a little bit like trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I know how this movement works and I know how private Brandy was and I know Brandy didn't trust many people and I knew she didn't trust some of these people that were coming after me. I mean, been
2: random text oh. group text messages of people that if they're not close enough to be in your inner circle and now they're close enough to be calling the shots. Yeah. And then it's also, I mean, very classic conditioning psychological operations where you try to build consensus and you have a, a group a sort of a delphi technique where you have different sort of moles or insiders and you basically isolate in this case you're the only kind of person that was that was sort of in her corner and then they're able to use this group think consensus to then get you to agree to something while you're in an emotionally depleted right, state right. and it's just uh yeah, i mean it's a classic sort of psychological operation that it seemed like they were trying to, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, a sales technique, uh, you know, things that you learn in these different types of, uh.
1: They were like professional in what they were doing. I'm still like trying to mourn my friend and I have people coming at me trying to make me do things. And they were people that she didn't trust. And so after that um, Zoom that I did with them, then they one of them sent this itinerary of what we had talked about, and then there was a piece in there of saying that this one person was going to oversee the whole thing to assure that the money got you know moved over, and that was the person that I know for a fact she didn't trust, and my gut instincts immediately felt like no, I'm not doing any of that. This is this GoFundMe is for her son and for everything, and these people have no who are they to try to tell me what to do. And so I wrote back and said, um, Brandy would not be comfortable with her personal personal affairs being discussed in a group like this. She didn't trust many people. And I would appreciate that you, um, respect her space basically at this time while we get things figured out. And the one person wrote back and said, yeah, as we stated above, as if I was still going to go along with their team. <laughs> um, and I just ignored it. At that point, I just blocked them all and I ignored it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, another, manipulation it's, an, it's another psychological manipulation tactic to do something like that. And, and then that way you get, you know, eight people to say one thing, one person saying something else. I mean, those eight people, I'm just making up that number, had probably nothing to do with Brandy or very little or, you know, she took a picture with them once right, and right. now you know, they're trying to use this as a big money yeah. grab and as a, an attention grab. And the thing is, I really hope that this backfires big time against everybody, especially the people that took down the GoFundMe because th- this should have not 60,000, which I mean, right now it only has 30, I mean, this should have 30 million because I mean, what Brandy was able to do with you know a relatively small amount of resources and pretty much, you know, you volunteering, a few other ladies volunteering and the amount of work and activism you're doing, because you're out there, I mean, every single, event that you go to, not even event, I mean, event could be going to the grocery store, you're out there putting learn the risk cards and all the all the uh, all the cars, you're going into the gas stations and putting them in the slots. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single place you go, Tina is doing this sort of stuff and she's doing it without a mask. I mean, how many times have you put a mask on during this whole entire pandemic? Zero. <laughs> and how many states and I mean, how many countries, how many at, countries yeah. have you been to this year? I've been three in mean, Canada.
1: Uh, no, I haven't been to Canada, just across. I've been just across the states. Mexico just before it all started. Um, I've been to Illinois uh, all the way to Georgia. I've been to California a couple times. Yeah. And I, I've never put one on.
2: Yeah. I mean, and so how many, you know, tough guys are out there can say that? I mean, hardly, hardly anybody. I mean, I'm only sitting at almost six months here not having a mask and then Tina makes even me look like nothing. So you really have to support people who are willing to you know stand up for our freedoms because you know someone like tina is very rare there's not very many people like her that are willing to do this willing to put herself out there and i think it's also important to note that you're not suicidal you're not i mean i don't <laughs> I want to know, put any words know, in your mouth i
1: know i thought of doing the same kind of letter because you know it's a little nerve-wracking knowing that this is just reeks of suspicion to so many people anyone you know has an iota of common sense knows that someone in their 40s who eats organic food and Um, is very health conscious, doesn't just drop dead from a gallbladder issue. I mean, if it was a gallbladder, she would have been, you know, an excruciating pain. And so, and the other thing is, is her friends, her true friends would never, um, they would never come out and push a story like gallbladder out of the gate. They would respect her wishes and uh, wait for the investigation to reveal. And, you know, a second autopsy, if we can make that happen.
2: And so, I'm not a suicidal either, so I'm going to be really obvious if you know we're both found dead, and I want to. I'm and not going to no manifest health issues, that. Yeah.
1: Zero, none. I don't even get headaches.
2: <laughs> and so, I mean, and with that, I mean, it's, and I'm not making imp- any implications with Merck here because this new product that's coming out, I think it's not even being uh, distributed by Merck or made by Merck. But now, how fitting is it that just what two days after her after her death there's all these articles saying you know a resurgence in vioxx and there's new things that they could do for vioxx but before we get before we get to that maybe i'm gonna you know discuss a few different articles here so we have one from the uh fake news new york times over here Merck to pay 950 million dollars over Viox. And then there was another, and that was mainly fines that went to, you know, Medicare, to the government, which, you know, I don't really like the government getting more money for all this stuff. But then here's one that actually went to, and I mean, it's sort of a, you know, a gallows humor type laugh there. But then we have from CNN Money, Merck settles Viac suits for $4.85 billion, and the drug was approved in 1999 with annual sales rising to $2.5 billion, and that's a year, and was used as an anti-inflammatory painkiller for arthritis patients. Then we have another article here from CBS News that talks about, however, an internal Merck email written by the company's research president in March 2000, the day he learned about the results of the Vigor study and nearly a year after the drug came on the market, said that heart problems are clearly there. And he said it is a shame, but it is a low incidence and is a mechanism based on based as we worried it was. And so then it it goes on to show that they obviously knew that there was problems here. And, you know, and then if you want to see, like, how really the sausage is made on this stuff, here's an article from uh, UCSUSA.org. Merck's manipulation of the science around Vioxx also included a pattern of ghostwriting of scientific articles. Internal documents reveal that 16 of 20 papers reporting on clinical trials of Vioxx, a Merck employee was initially listed as the lead author of the first draft on the published versions. So when, when people are always like, oh, we need more regulation. Well, who do you think is, is doing the regulating? I mean, you get Goldman Sachs that's always in there, you know, regulating what's going on in the financial system. You got a former Federal Reserve governor and Janet Yellen, who's now gonna be the head of the, of the, of the uh, treasury secretary, even though basically the Fed was, if you believe, and this is probably coming out on December 23rd, the day that the Fed was created. So make sure you watch my Jekyll Island documentary that we just released. And by the way, all the articles we just linked are going to be on the website as well, as, as well as the go, uh, not go go funding, but the go get funding link as well. But you're always having, you know, basically the fox guarding the hen house. And so all these people that say, Oh, we just need more regulations. It's always the worst people and that are always end up in charge. And I just wish I mean, it's not that hard of a concept, uh, but I just wish people would stop getting fooled. Anyways, on the published versions, an outside academic was listed as the primary author. In one draft of a Viox research study that did not yet have a prominent outside name attached, Merck officials listed the lead author only as external author, A Merck scientist was also found to have removed the evidence of three heart attacks among patients in a data set from the results presented. And tragically, Merck's manipulation of its data and the FDA's resulting approval of Vioxx in 1999 led to thousands of avoidable premature deaths and 100,000 heart attacks. I mean, even if you believe the coronavirus numbers, I mean, it puts it at, you know, basically it's a third of what. You know went on with the coronavirus just you know in terms of you know heart attacks assuming that you believe the real numbers and then we have one more over here this is uh, a company called stat it's tremu for i'm probably mispronounced that pharmaceuticals a privately held massachusetts drug company is about to begin clinical trial trials of gonna mess this, mess this name up Fox kabib which you know i don't i haven't taken a single a single pharmaceutical since 2005 so pardon me if i don't know what the names of these are the generic name for vioxx as a treatment for hemophiliac or ar- ar- arthropathy uh, i've butchering this over here a persistent joint disease for which doctors often prescribe vioxx off-label and the timing and they're saying that the timing seems suspicious of this because and i'm like oh it's going to get into brandy's death no it's going to get into because the the senator michael enzi out of a Republican out of Wyoming was one of the main guys who was basically helped, you know, through the Senate, you know, basically helped, you know, force the the hand to make Vioxx illegal. Now he's stepping down, Brandy is mysteriously dead. And now they're, and I'm not implicating these people, I'm just saying, you know, as somebody that follows the money, I mean, it's very, very coincidental that, you know, the main person responsible for getting Vioxx off the market is now dead right as Vioxx is about to make a return not through Merck, not saying it was Stat or this other company, but it's just very uh, very coincidental to me. I mean I, I mean, I know I'm a big conspiracy theorist over here, but you know, batting about 99% and all this stuff.
1: Well, and within the medical freedom movement, when they were telling me that, they kept telling me I had to um, you know, put funds, those funds had to go just to the sun. And when they kept pushing that, the other thing they were pushing was, that leaders, I don't say the names, but they listed the names, leaders in the medical freedom movement will not support the fundraiser unless it's only for her son. So that basically told me these leaders in the medical freedom movement do not wanna honor her wishes and have a full investigation. They don't want there to be money for an investigation. And so they listed specific names who would not support, and I don't need to say the names, anybody that's within the medical freedom movement can, just see who's pushing the gallbladder story and who is not supporting the fundraiser that I put together to cover everything that Brandy wanted. She didn't trust any of those other people. So the only fundraiser that's legit especially if
2: she already had life insurance that could be going into a trust. I mean they I mean who is it for them to say, you know, exactly where the money should be delved out to That's right. Uh and, and you know what people think that and, and I saw one person respond, Oh well Tina's already raised thirty thousand dollars, so that's plenty for the, to keep learning the risk alive and plenty I mean,
1: and for investigations and autopsy, and like they're crazy. It's like,
2: no, instead, you should go send the money to her neighbor, you know, because, you know, and it wasn't even the neighbor that was watching the kids. You should send money to the neighbor so that way we can pay Brandy's rent. Like at this point, you know, who cares about her rent? She's dead. You know, that's the last thing people should be cared about. It should be, you know, getting the investigation and making sure that there's not people who are muddying the water. And she could have died naturally. I'm not saying that that's not something that could have happened. Uh, I mean, the Easter Bunny could be coming, you know, down my make-believe <laughs> chimney, you know, and, you know also, well, she but... she
1: clearly laid it out in December 2019 on her page. She said, this is something that I wish I didn't have to write. And she clearly laid out what she wanted to have happen if she were to have an untimely death. So there should be no question what needs to be done almost almost exactly year to the day her friends support that anybody not supporting that is not her friend and they can't be trusted and i do believe that they got in with the woman her friend um that's local uh and i know for a fact through family members that they were bad mouthing me and so at first nobody would even speak to me because they'd gotten in there to try to discredit who i am to brandy um but because um, people that knew in Europe uh, personally, they you know were able to. It took me a week basically to undo all the damage that was being done.
2: And it's always you know it's the beginning when it's the most valuable time to you know be on point with everything. And and so I mean it's very clear that Brandy had her wishes. She laid them out, said what she wanted to do, and then you see all these people immediately come in. And try to take controlled situation. And I want to know for these people. I mean, how many learn the risk? Have you cards? Have you passed out and put on windshields? How many you know conversations have you had with random people going to get coffee? How many times do you go and put it on different cars? How many times did you mention it? If the answer is zero, uh, you know what you should do. You should. I mean, I, I want this to be a family show today, but you should. You know, probably. You know. Keep your mouth shut would probably be the nice way of saying that. And so now these people that had nothing to do with this ever now want to then make themselves to be the yeah. shot colors of this um, whole thing. They would
1: say, Tina, Brandy had a lot of friends. Like trying to, you know, act downplay. like yeah, downplay how close we were. Tina, and then you, you know, try to look at their pictures and well they might have one or two, you yeah, know, close. at a booth or something, or put up one sign with Learn the Risk. In the early days, and then you know, ghosted. They never. They were not true supporters to learn the
2: risk. Yeah, I took a picture with somebody oh, once Brandy. at a booth. Actually, a lot of times at a booth, and I got <laughs> actually got a death threat over it once because like a guy who I literally my only real connection with him. I took a picture, and it was actually a really nice guy. And I got a death threat over it, and it, you know, it was basically, hey, okay, I you know you're gonna be at Poco and sent me a, you know all these articles of people getting beheaded, and telling me to watch oh it God. and stuff. So. Uh, but, you know, I went it anyways, and uh, so I guess if, yeah, so I guess if, if I am lost and beheaded, then we know the person to go after. So. But not to joke around about this stuff, but it, it just, you know, what else do you want people to know that, you know, that we haven't covered, you know, whether it was about brandy or whether it was about learning the risk? I mean, maybe do you want to get into what it was in the vaccines that, you know, first sort of I guess alerted Brandy and, and you know kind of caught her off guard when she started looking at those actual vaccine inserts. I mean, so people, and a lot of people, if you've made it this far, uh, you know, it might already be common knowledge to you. But if, if you are watching this for the first time, in terms of you know understanding dangers of vaccines, can you kind of get into maybe some of those dangers that Brandy discovered? Well, I mean,
1: just have to go to the ingredient list and you know look up the ingredient and the effect it can have on your health. And you know, there's like polysorbate eighty. Um, trace amounts of thimerosal, which is basically mercury, but you'd give that times the 70 plus doses by the time a child's 18, and that's still a lot of mercury. And yeah, it's all
2: cumulative, and like yeah. everything we eat, so we're eating fish and all bile accumulates inside of you.
1: High levels of aluminum, and aluminum's been linked to, you know, neuro. It's a neurotoxin, so you know, it's been linked to Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's. and dementia, um, and going blank now speaking of Alzheimer's (laughs) speaking of Alzheimer's (laughs) speaking of Alzheimer's uh I'm going on very little sleep
2: (laughs) and that yeah that's one thing is that you basically the first week I mean how much in the first
1: week after she passed I would sleep for three hours and then I get up and go again so in the first week I got I think I was keeping um, track of it I got 24 hours of sleep in seven days and then after that I started to get you know maybe five hours instead
2: in the stretch and, and what uh what did brandy have to say about the coronavirus vaccine because it is a different breed of vaccines i mean this is now an mrna vaccine that's even uh i guess crazier than anything else i mean it's completely unproven untested i mean it's
1: just as, uh, she would say the same i mean they're all dangerous they're all dangerous some are they really more dangerous than others but they're really all dangerous there's not one good one they're all you know more risk than benefit there's no benefit <laughs> um so yeah, she would say the exact same thing as Yeah, I mean
2: the system there's... never talks about, oh, why don't you go outside and get some vitamin D or why don't you do like a Wim Hof breathing technique and, and help, you know, decrease the you know the, the pH of your blood or how come you know you're not taking vitamin C? Oh, we just oh can't be on YouTube if we say take vitamin C. Per the YouTube CEO, Susan Wojcicki actually said, If we're gonna come after you and someone's like, Can you give us some so examples? Funny. She's like if you start saying vitamin C, you know, is good for you, that's grounds for YouTube kicking you off. And so I have been kicked off and Josh Siegerson and John Tyson have been kicked off Roll Alternative Media. So if you are watching this, you know, definitely appreciate you make sure that you go to uh, I was going to say learntherisk.org, but that site right now, that's even it's sort of It's there.
1: It's there and um, we still have a handle. On- There's been threats online that people are trying to like attack the domain name and we're trying to counter that and along with long, you know, my long list of things that I'm working on. I have a lot of good friends that have been helping quite a bit, but right now, learntherisk.org is there and the intent is to keep it there and we're still going to add more content because when she was sabotaged about six months ago, um, we did have someone get everything, all the content onto um, a file, like on, onto disk, and so we will be uploading in improving on it once there's time i mean right now number one is her son his well-being and number two would be uh the investigation and we need to keep um fundraising and try to get back up to the sixty thousand and beyond so that
2: yeah we we need to stride and affect this and if you have you know suggestions and, and you know other you know influencers in the space i mean it would definitely appreciate that tina joined us in this little show over here but you know there's you know, so many different people in the space that we need this story to get out there and we need to really strive and effect this and say, hey, you know, guess what? You wanna go take, you wanna go take down, you know, the fundraiser for $60,000? How will we go make it $600,000? How will we make it $6 million? Because, you know, really there's so many people that are against vaccines and for, you know, dollar for dollar, you know, putting your money with someone like Tina that's gonna be using it to have a great impact versus you know all these you know campaigns and roads to nowhere that it seems like everybody else is doing and we do and we are lucky enough to know a lot of activists here in Phoenix and people like the Hancocks, Ernest and Donna who sold all their possessions and went into the Love Bus to spread you know uh, <clears throat> truth about vaccine. And, uh, injuries and all sorts of you know information and just doing your own due diligence and they were the first people who started interviewing Dr. Judy Mikovits uh, regularly. I mean like, like every single week he was interviewing, uh, Ernest Hancock was interviewing Dr. Judy Mikovits and just by coincidence, I he started interviewing me a month after he started interviewing her and he'd always put us stacked. And so I've known all the stories between her and Fauci for a very long time. And you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just thinking this right now off the top of my head. I'm gonna release the interview that I did with. Dr. Judy Mikevitz, there's one person in that interview we're gonna have to edit out. So if you guys read between the lines, you can figure out who that is, if anyone does any you know, tiny bit of due diligence on that. But this was an interview that was supposed to be released Uh, right. I mean, I think we did it March 31st. So this is early, early days of the pandemic with Dr. Judy Mikovits. And, uh, I wasn't allowed to release that interview. And then by then she became like two weeks later, pandemic came out. She became pretty much the most woman on the internet. We're talking about Dr. Judy Mikovits. And, uh, yeah, that never, that interview never actually made it on YouTube. So, you know, I'm going to actually link this on the webpage along with uh, that other interview as well and put it on YouTube. Uh, because at this point, you know, if you're not have, if you're not having your channel getting taken down, you're honestly not doing enough. You know, in, in my opinion, I've been a part of one channel got taken down another channel where they took away all the money. They've taken away all of your GoFundMe. I mean, they don't make it easy to be an activist these days. And Tina is somebody that, you know, definitely deserves support. Brandy is someone who definitely deserves your support. I mean, she, I mean, really, is her life worth, you know, $30,000 for, you know, whether it was natural or not. I mean, we really need to keep this going. I mean, Tina's been doing everything for years volunteering and you know what? It does take money to make the world go round it takes money to fund investigations takes money to get a child support lawyer takes money to you know advertise about you know learn the risk takes money to you know go to these different conferences takes money to you know back when people could actually travel to do things like that and so it is important to have truth warriors out there is there anything that i forgot anything else you want to you know plug or let people know about so we've got the uh the bitly link bit.ly slash learn the risks, where you can donate. Is there any other websites or uh, things that people should be aware of?
1: The focus right now is getting funding to do the investigation and the, uh, the second autopsy, if we can make that happen. Um, and yeah, I wasn't going to let them try to bully me into a corner that, you know, they're not gonna have their leaders push out my fundraiser unless I do what they want. Cause I could feel, I mean, there's a lot of suspicious activity obviously around what, what's been going on. So that makes it even more important to have the investigation. And I always stepped outside. I, to me, the f- medical freedom movement is a bit of an echo chamber. And I think that we have to keep, you know, touching the hearts and minds of people outside of that arena. Um, that's why I started to go to Anarchapulco and start to branch out into other truth groups because, um, it, it, we could, it. it was about
2: a year ago that you first reached out to me because one of your friends had her child taken by CPS. And then, I, up, yeah. and then I didn't get back to you right away because at the time I had coronavirus in early January before almost anybody. And then uh, and then you were, I'm like, well, hey, let's do an interview on this. You're like, listen, I'm, I'm not really someone that likes getting behind the camera. i more behind the scenes. I just want to see, you know, if there's any way that you can get this out in your media platforms. And it was actually Jeff Berwick that then told you to then contact me. So, you know, uh, and here we are, you know, unfortunately, you know a year later to then almost a year later to then uh, you know discuss you know this very unfortunate news but you know just to say you know Tina's not out here trying to get attention she's not out here she didn't want to you know have attention she wanted to be behind the scenes uh, and the only reason she's doing this is because her best friend passed away and she wants to honor her friend's wishes. And so that's why is doing this. It's not to get fame. It's not to say, oh, look how many Instagram followers I have. Look how many this I have. Because honestly, actually, she does have, you know, her full 5,000, you know, friend list and uh, 5,000 people <laughs> and blocked,
1: blocked too on Facebook.
2: <laughs> yeah. But it's not about that. It's about getting the information out there, being, you know, true to yourself, true to, you know, everything that's going on out there. And is there anything else uh, that you want to get out there today? No,
1: that's everything. I just want to honor Brandy. She, every, she basically, I mean, there's a chance she, gave her life to us for this movement, and she deserves to be honored for all that she did, and we need to have a full investigation.
2: Yeah, well, thank you for you know, uh, sharing your story with us. Sorry for everything you're going through, and uh, definitely appreciate getting the, uh, you know, the first interview. on this <laughs> one, so thank you very much. And if, remember to donate, bit.ly forward slash learn the risk. Go to the website, we'll have all the links over there and, uh, and also that banned Dr. Judy Mikovits video that never made it on YouTube. So anyways, thank you very much and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. And girls, we'll talk to the girls later too. So. Ross
1: Ulbricht is serving a double life sentence without parole for all nonviolent charges for creating a website. Please help free this peaceful
0: man. Go to freeross.org and sign and share the petition
2: thank you for watching our recent video behind me is the Jekyll island club which is where the federal reserve was formed so in addition to making content and in addition to making you know different youtube videos and library videos i'm also a financial advisor with a great track record Uh, 2019 we had almost got almost all the gains of the S&P 500 and then when everything hit the fan in March of 2020 we had almost none of the losses what I really recommend if you have not seen it uh, is check out my speech where it was given uh, February 11th down in Acapulco Mexico uploaded to YouTube February 19th And at the end of that video, I did a little GoPro commercial, sort of like I'm doing now, that was ad-libbed, where I told people what the investment strategy was. I told people that what we had did is we were uh, long the S&P 500 while also buying put options on the S&P 500. And what that meant was, that was how we were able to get this because I knew the market was going to either keep going up because of federal reserve money printing, or it was going to collapse because reality would actually set in. So, you know, how many advisors actually protected your clients against that? I mean, I would say hardly any of them. So unless you were in a position where, you know, you made almost all the gains last year and didn't make the, didn't, you know, really participate in that many of the losses this year, then, then you don't have a reason to call me. But you know, if that's, not the case, then I would go check out the website, thelibertyadvisor.com, where you can book a time to talk with myself and get a free consultation to see if we could help put you on a better path. Again, that's thelibertyadvisor.com, and thank you very much and hope to talk with you and your family soon. Take care.
0: Hi, I'm Brandy Vaughn, and for those of you who don't know me, I, um, have been an activist speaking out against SB 277 here in California. Wow, what happened to our rights? Yeah. How did I sit back and let this happen? Yeah. This is a very slippery slope. In this fight, um, I have been under a little bit of heat, and I wanted to document this um, just in case. I wanted to show some of the intimidation tactics that I've been under. There is a lot of shady stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I um, got involved in this fight because I used to work for Merck here in Santa Barbara where I live and I worked there from 2001 until 2003 and I sold biox for Merck. Biox was eventually taken off the market and it was proven that Merck had knowledge that it increased uh, heart attacks and stroke by two times and it uh, injured and killed a lot of people. It was eventually pulled off the market and I lost a lot of faith in the healthcare system. Um, I went to Europe and then I came back with a six-month-old son and I was bullied at the pediatrician's office in San Francisco when I asked to see vaccine inserts and questions about them. That was a huge red flag for me because I already had mistrust of doctors and the healthcare system in general and pharma and so I did a lot of research and that was four years ago and that was where my vaccine research started and I realized that they were not very safe actually and not very effective and I chose not to vaccinate my son so when I heard about SB 277 in California I decided that it was important um, to that my voice was heard and that I was speaking up against it and part of the fight so when I made that decision three months ago, I know that um, I knew I was going to take some heat for it, but I wasn't quite sure how much heat. And so I'm making this video today to describe the intimidation tactics that have been used against me to try and silence me. The first one um, happened when I was coming back from the Capitol rally um, in Sacramento against SB 277. We're not going away. We're not going away! We're not going away! We're not going away! And I came home with a friend to um, my hide-a-key, being on my my doorstep, open to the key, and the story behind this was a year ago when I bought my house, I hid that deep in the bushes, and six months um, ago I had looked for it because I thought, well, probably not a good idea to have a key to my house outside my right outside my door Um, I couldn't find it but when I came back from Sacramento um, that one time it was about two months ago that the key was on my doorstep open um, to the key that day I had my locks changed and I called an alarm service and I installed um, a $3,000 alarm system two days later so what happened apparently is someone um, opened the door, the front door, went through the front door, picked the lock and my alarm went off and they immediately disarmed it with the master code which nobody had um, but me. I made sure nobody else had that code and they disarmed it at the panel with that code. According to the alarm company, um, at 3.45 in the morning, somebody entered in through the front door, the alarm went off. They disabled the alarm by putting in the master code right away into the panel. And then at 3.46 in the the morning, my hallway monitor sensor went off. Um, So someone went down the hall, and then at 3.48, someone opened my dining room window and then closed it right away. And then if you notice, the dining room window actually faces out towards the backyard, which is much more private than the front door, which they used to enter that time. And then they went over to the keypad, entered the code again, and then left through the front door at 3.49. After the incident, I talked to some security experts who have actually done intimidation for corporations, and they explained a few things. They said, well, A, they were probably tapping your place, so um, everything I say and do in here is listened to, if not watched. And then opening of the back um, window, because it's a much pri- more private way to get in for future reference, for future visits. Um, when I did return home, um, and the, the, the police came in and made sure nobody was here, and then I came in um, after the alarm was set off, after the break-in, and what I did notice was they had left the, this window unlocked, like this. And before I left uh, for Sacramento, all of the windows and doors were locked, double locked, actually. I went through twice to make sure that they were locked. So after that happened, I uh, didn't really feel comfortable sleeping in my house again um, because, of course, they could come in and disarm my alarm whenever they wanted. Um, There wasn't really another way to secure um, the system. I changed the code. But again, who knows how they got the code in the first place? Um, The security expert is pretty convinced that the house is tapped, uh, my phone is, is is being listened to, my conversation, my text messages, and then um, my computer, all both of my computers as well. The next thing that happened actually was with my computer. So um, one of the things that the police um, wanted to know was if anything was taken in the break-in. Of course, nothing was because they weren't here to take anything. I did have a computer here in a hiding spot And when um, the police were here, I did actually come and look to make sure the computer was still here. And it's um, here above the microwave, is its hiding spot. It's not a place anyone would know to look for the computer. And it's not, you know, especially in being here in only four minutes. Two days later after that happened, um, after the break-in happened, I walked into my place to move some stuff out, and the computer was taken from its hiding place and put in the middle of the floor. And so I came back home to pick up some stuff, I wasn't staying here any longer, and that message was there, which was obviously very scary because clearly somebody had been listening in, um, if not watching where as to where the computer was. So after that, I decided that it would be best to get out of town and I left um, town for a couple of weeks and really went off the grid for part of, good part of that. So after the computer incident um, and leaving town for two weeks, the day that I came back, I had a friend come with me and him and I arrived at my place and found a ladder open right in front of my door, looking into the windows, um, the bedroom window. Now this is my ladder, but this ladder lives in the garage, Um, so it was clear that somebody had accessed the garage, brought out the ladder through the side of my house, opened it, looking right up into the window, and this happens to be the only window that I had blinds open. So, that was quite a message. Um, The security experts said, wow, what a better message than than to say we're watching you. And this actually happened the day that I came back into town. So, they clearly knew that, um, well, it happened the night before. Um, They clearly knew when I was coming back. The neighbor who was feeding my dogs came over after half an hour after we found the ladder and she's like, she asked, so what's with the ladder? And I said, I don't know. I mean, I didn't put it there. And she said, well, it wasn't there yesterday. So it means that it happened the night before I came back into town after two weeks. So clearly they are watching. The next incident um, was just two days later and that's in the garage, this Buddha- was on the floor. Normally the Buddha is pretty heavy. Um, It was on here on top of the the dog cage, um, holding the towel um, to cover it up at night for the dogs. So it was taken off of here, and there's really no way it could have fallen because, I mean, it's actually really heavy, and if it had fallen it would have fallen, you know, some different way. But I walked in, and I found it right there on the ground. The pictures were also knocked over. So then two days later, I noticed it first through the kitchen window, um, and it's not something I have ever seen before, but there is a duck mm-hmm. on my table. And when I talked to the security experts, I said, I don't understand the duck. And then it came to me that I had been on my phone having a lot of conversations about people asking me, you know, are you staying at your house? What are you going to do? And I used the term repeatedly. Well, I, I'm not staying at my house. I feel like a sitting duck because they can get in at any time. And you know, I'm a sitting duck. And So that was actually quite disturbing to come home to. Um, Now I have a duck. Um, I have never seen it before, it's not mine. Nobody else is having access that would bring a duck. It just, it's a clear message that, again, they are watching me. And the intimidation is quite, um, you know, intimidating. And it's quite scary. So after all of these intimidation tactics, it's very hard to feel safe and secure, but I am not going to go away, I mean, I'm not going to be silenced, because these are important issues and we need to expose what's really going on behind the mandatory vaccination bills. It has nothing to do with public health, it has everything to do with profit. And I hope that we can all continue this fight. It's a law. we may have lost the battle, but we still have a war to win. And hopefully by documenting this intimidation, they won't be able to get away with it um, in the future with me and with anyone else who speaks out. There is some evil going on here. Yeah,
2: my closest friends here, a big activist in Phoenix, is Tina Marie. Her best friend was Brandy Vaughn of Learn the Risk, and we're all standing on the shoulders of other people here who, uh, you know, were basically doing the work, you know, before you know a lot of us. Obviously, not not everyone. I mean, obviously, a lot of you know big-time people on here too. But anyways, Brandy Brandy passed away. Her dying wish was to have basically learn the risk, be able to maintain itself. She wanted her son to go to Tina Marie, which actually she was at Tina's house on Thanksgiving. I was actually gonna go down there to interview her, but I was in, in Vegas over at Kingsley's house and we decided to do it over Zoom instead and it, which would have been right about now. But unfortunately obviously that's not that's not happening. But Brandy was a famous Merck whistleblower. She was the one that blew the whistle on Viox and so she knew she was one of the their sales reps. She knew that Viax was killing people and she still blew the whistle on it, you know, to obviously, you know, great, you know, expense to herself and her career there. And then, you know, over the time she was, you know, threatened several times. I mean, she had her house broken into, they disabled the code within, you know, seconds and she had not given the code out to anybody. She had had her house broken into and she said in several speeches that she felt like a sitting duck and they put, you know, like a duck statue in, like in her backyard just to, you know, to freak her out, but she still kept going, still kept pursuing this. And she said last year, if any were to happen to me, I want this investigated and had a whole big sort of like manifesto of like what to do. And now unfortunately, you know, her best friend, the Tina who's, you know, the legacy contact on her Facebook account and also running the learn the risk pages and you know an admin at learn the risk, you know, she's, you know, people are in the movement are coming after her and you know there's all sorts of, you know, shenanigans going on behind the scenes. And so, you know, right now, I mean, they need money to help, you know, get a uh, I mean, when when Brandy was at Tina's house, she said that she if anything were to happen to her, she wanted Tina to watch her son. And now you you know, we're trying to get up, you know find her lawyer. Trying to you know, she doesn't really have any family. The grandparents are back in France, and so now uh, we're basically trying to make sure that we can take care of of uh, her son, and you know, who's nine years old. And so, if, if people want to donate, uh, the link is bit.ly/slash. Learn the risk. Again, B I T, it's a bit.ly link, bit.ly slash learn the risk. And that's to help fund an independent investigation. And even if she died of gallbladder issues, which you know, she didn't tell her best friends whose house she was just at that she had any, any mm-hmm. stomach pains. She didn't tell her naturopath that she had any stomach pains. And now a lot of people in the movement are just like, Oh yeah, well everything is fine, you know, no need to investigate, it's gallbladder, <laughs> and then trying to make it a money grab for you know one of their organizations when yeah, her dying watch out wish, for those people. Her dying wish, whether it she Died of that or not? Her dying wish that was memorialized on her Facebook page that she had wrote almost exactly a year ago was: "If I died, this needs to be investigated." I'm perfectly fine. I, I have all organic, everything. You know, she takes care of herself really well. And now, that's being put in jeopardy. So, fifty thousand dollars was raised within two days on GoFundMe, and those motherfuckers at GoFundMe took all the money and yeah. and uh, you know completely oh. you know screwed everything that's going on. So now there's a go get funding and some other avenues. But you know, if it wasn't for I mean, she was, I was supposed to interview her, you know, basically right about now. And so it's just, you know, it, if, if they can do it to her, they can do it to anybody else. And I'm sure if, if any one of us died under mysterious circumstances, you want people to go looking into that as well. And even she may have died naturally, but to have so many people in the movement immediately come out and say, you know, nothing to see here, gallbladder, don't, don't look at it. You know, and, and you know, it's just sort of, you know, disgusting, but, you know, it's. It's but yeah, learn a risk. You know, guys can check out her organization. Uh, you know, please you know donate to that one link, and that's just you know what I wanted to say. And thank you to the doctors who are here for you know providing the you know all this just great information.
0: Just for people to, to also see the video that she made before her death, um, say, saying please look into my death. There was nothing wrong
1: with her gallbladder. Um, I can put that link if you don't have it, Tim.
2: Yeah, I did watch, if you want to put that in there, I did watch the video last night and I am, you know, I've already visited her friend Tina twice since this and gotten a lot of the inside information on what's going on. And uh, if it was, wasn't for me being at Aaron and Kingsley's house on Thanksgiving, I probably would have, would have interviewed her. But uh, yeah, it's just, you know, we got to remember the people who are here before us. And if, and, yeah. you know, if we aren't and if there's other whistleblowers who are out there that know stuff doing? is happening, no one's going to come out and blow the whistle if they know that no one's going to help them upon their passing.